0: All right, friends, welcome back. So I just did my first total doofus move of deleting the first episode. I don't think I've done that before in the entire 110 episode history of this podcast. I literally recorded all 16 minutes, went to edit it, did some sort of tomfoolery, and the entire thing is gone. And so I assume this will be an even Better version because it's the second time around, but I'm far more irritated. So I wonder if it's going to come out a little more harshly. But you know, that's the risk I'm willing to take here because not doing it's not an option. I did have a lot of really good points in that first one. So I'm hoping they show up in this particular recording too. But today's episode is about the fact that when we don't understand our current context, usually what we do is we reach into the past and we try to pick something back there that helps explain what going on here and so that's something that we're going to camp out on today And we're going to do it through my personal narrative, because that's certainly how I tend to illustrate things. If I don't have clinical work for you, I usually swim around in the pool of my own life and come up with some, you know, anecdotes and also, from my point of view, some hilarity that is my life. And that's going to be no different today. My goal is never to come off as critical of someone else. So as I'm sharing this narrative, my intent is not to be critical. My intent is really to watch my reactions in my dynamic with people. But I, I hope that it doesn't come off as any type of pejorative reference to someone else. That, that wouldn't be my intent here. But one of the things that is more recent in my story is trying to learn how to date when I'm in my mid-30s. And I will say, in general, I don't have the best peopleing skills anyway. Most of that is related to the fact that I just didn't intersect with people voluntarily for my first 30-some formative years. And so as I'm trying to go out and meet people, and you know, you try to meet people organically, you try to meet people through mutual connections, to try to meet people online, whatever that looks like, whatever the context, meeting new people can just be difficult, especially when you're under skilled in the art of meeting people. And so, I, you know, have loosely tried dating and it's I mean, underwhelming, I would say in general. But again, I I put a lot of that on my own shoulders of not being all that talented in this particular area. But one of the uh dates I went on was back in January, and it was it was a great date. I thought we had a good time together. We were intellectually tracking and for me, that's, that's something that's interesting to me. Good conversation, learning about people's stories. There was a lot of banter. There was a lot of uh, push and pull. We went and saw improv. That was just enjoyable. That's a good time. And at the end of the date, he said, you know what? The reality is I'm just not ready to date yet. I'm still very much thinking about and dwelling on the loss of my former girlfriend, which they had parted ways, I think like seven or eight months prior. So I can empathize and I can say, absolutely, that's fine. That makes sense to me. So I go through February, March, April, April, May, don't hear a lick from the guy, which makes perfect sense to me because he's lamenting and grieving what once was. And so I don't really think twice about it. Well, we come into kind of mid-May and he reaches out to me randomly via text and he says, hey, how are you? Life's changed. Would you like to get together sometime and have a cup of coffee? I was like, oh, okay. Life's changed. Not for me. It hasn't. Well, that's not fair. Life actually looks drastically different than it did back in January too. But he sounded like he wanted to share some life updates. So I was like, okay, sure, let's, let's go hang out. That sounds good. What was interesting was that the next three text messages, they all came within moments of one another. So the first one said, does tomorrow work for you? I'm on my way to a tennis match tomorrow doesn't work. And so I was like okay well tomorrow wasn't a thing for me anyway but certainly um, it doesn't work for you now either apparently. And so that's a-okay. So I don't hear from the guy for like another week. And then he calls me and he calls me on Memorial Day just kind of out of the blue at the start of the day and was like hey what are you up to? How are you doing? This is what I'm doing today. And just shares about life. It was about a six-minute conversation. Now the fact that I know it was six minutes probably implies that I was being a little bit kind of petty there like what what is this? I don't understand this. But so far you know we've had the first. Date, we've had this giant gap in time, we've had the offering of hanging out and then kind of the ghosting, and then we have the phone call. And so, I don't know how to make sense of any of this. Well, I go to Greece, I come back from Greece, and he and I go out for dinner, and it was a really good time. We go have sushi, we go to a beer garden, we listen to live music, and it's just really enjoyable. And at the end of the date, he just says to me, He says, I think, you know, I think we should just take things slowly. So, I said to him, I said, Hey, man, it's your world, I'm just living in it. I have no way of making any heads or tales of what's going on here. And so one of the things that we do then, because I don't understand this current context, is we reach back into our history and our, our pain points tend to inform us. So I'm thinking in my head because we don't have effective communication going on right now about what this is or isn't. Like we're, we're not putting language to it. So my brain is going to put language to it based on things that have happened in the past. So I think through things like, oh, I think he's indifferent or I'm feeling really overlooked or he's being dismissive or whatever thing I've experienced in the past or whatever pejorative language I want to put with it. I'm making assumptions about this current context based on things that have happened in the past. And one of the key pieces of health is that we need to update things when new situations Situations arise. Now, I've literally never in my past gone on a date, you know, a first date, and then gone on a second date six months later. So there is no one-to-one comparison. So my brain is just trying to make sense of this. So instead of letting automatic thinking fly, which automatic thinking is saying, you're being dismissed, he's indifferent, you're being overlooked, all of the things. I can disrupt my automatic thinking by starting to ask myself some questions, like, What else might be going on here? And so one of my theories is that this man is actually very much in love with his life and he loves what's going on. And maybe he doesn't have a lot of time for dating and that's okay. If that's where he's at, that's fine. But I can talk myself through alternative solutions. It's not just you're being overlooked. He's indifferent. It's well, he's got stuff going on that's important to him. And this might not fit really well with his life right now. And that's okay. Now, instead of asking questions about the context, I can ask me questions about myself. I can say, Steph, why does this feel so uncomfortable for you? Why is it a big deal that a a very nice gentleman buys you dinner in January and buys you dinner again in June? Why is that a problem for you? I can also ask myself, well, what answers do you actually need right now? And I'm putting need in quotes because that's what I'm asking myself. What do you want differently in this situation? And I'm thinking, well, I just, Want to understand what the situation is, but the point is, I don't have to figure out what the situation is for him or for for he and I. I've just got to figure out what the situation is for me. That's what I need to sort through. And so, if I'm sitting there saying, "Well, I need to know right now what is this," well, how is that going to help anything? So we can have a conversation with ourselves that can disrupt the automatic thinking that's going on. We can ask ourselves questions. What that does is that helps delay the need for instant answers. You know, really working on that cognitive flexibility of what else. What else might be going on here? What else might be happening? And we can learn to tolerate the distress of the unknown. But the bummer is if we don't work on combating some of those automatic thoughts, what's going to happen is we pull from our history and it's going to inform our current emotions and specifically our current emotional volatility. And that's a little bit of an issue. So if I call this guy and I'm like, what's going on here? You're dismissing me. I'm being overlooked, yada, yada, yada. That's not reality. That's not what actually is going on here. That's something that I've pulled from the past and I'm superimposing it on. In the present to try to make sense of things. And we do that often. And so I wanna encourage you to think through is what's going on in front of you where you're having a big response to something, is that reality or is that something from the past coming up and you're maybe responding to things that aren't in real time, it's something that's historical. Now there's another small anecdote, and again this is a Steph-centric anecdote because I'm not great at updating my belief systems, I'm not great at updating my thought processes when something doesn't make sense to me. And this is a this is a ridiculous little minute anecdote, but I think it illustrates what I'm trying to say here really well. When I did my internship about five years ago, one of the tasks was that interns had to help clean the office, take out the trash, things like that. Well, at our Grand Rapids office, about midway through internship, for some reason, the property manager put a lock on the dumpster, and then you had to unlock the dumpster by putting in a code, but it was a really cantankerous lock, so it was hard to get it detached. And so, what happened was, I would often take the trash in my car and take it home with me and just throw it out there because I couldn't get the stinking dumpster open, even though I had several times put out kind of like an SOS, I can't do this, can someone help? It was just really fickle, and sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't. So, my strategy was to to get really pissed off, put the trash in my car and and go home with it, right? So cut to me about a month and a half ago, I go out and there's this bar over the dumpster and I'm like, they've done it again. They've locked the dumpster. What is going on here? And so I I try to open it, and this bar is securing it, so you can only open the corner of the dumpster maybe three to four inches. So I'm like, I am not hauling trash to my house. I'm done with that chapter of my life. I'm not an intern anymore that's got to do all these things. I take the trash out of my own volition, for Pete's sakes. So what I do is I open up as far as I could stretch the corner of the dumpster and basically needle the trash in through the corner, like not piece by piece, but almost piece by piece and it was just the grossest thing but i got it in there and i was like haha you will not lock the dumpster on me well the next week it's locked again or obviously that's that's what my um faulty thinking is telling me so this time again i wrench open the corner and i start needling it through except someone's put vinegar in our trash. Now, why someone needs vinegar in a counseling office, I have no frame of reference for that either. And I can't even go into my historical context and make meaning out of that one. But anyway, I take this trash and I'm needling it through And I get a bunch of vinegar splashing back at me. And I just want to say I had plans that night. I looked incredibly cute. And now I am doused in vinegar because I'm needling this trash through the corner of or through the edge of the trash can because it's locked, apparently. In the meantime, I told my boss about this. My boss had emailed the property management. So the third week I go out there and I, I actually look around and I look and I notice there's not a lock anywhere. There's just this bar that's over the dumpster. And so I start to kind of inspect the apparatus and I notice there's this little lever that if you jostle it, if you turn it kind of a half turn, it actually takes the bar and you can pull it back. So I don't know the point of it. Maybe it's a little security piece. I'll have to, you know, I don't have anything in my reference point to help me with that either. But what happened was I pulled the bar back and the trash lid opened right away. So when I said to my boss the next day, I said, Joe, you wouldn't believe it. There's not a lock on the trash can. He goes, stuff I know I emailed the property manager and and they let me know that it was not locked. But I, as soon as I met resistance, as soon as I saw that bar and I tried to open the lid and it didn't open, I took information from five years ago and called it reality. And so now I'm threading trash in through the side of the barrel. Now I'm getting doused in vinegar because I didn't stop to look closely at this new context and figure out what, what was actually going on there. And that's something that we do so often. We take whatever's happened in the past and we just superimpose it on the present and call it reality. that's not always what's happening. And that's why we have to be a little bit investigative. We have to ask questions. Now, side note, that's the third week in a row that I've emphasized asking questions. So perhaps I'm feeling a little bit passionately about that topic lately. But the thing is, I used old information for a new context and called it truth. When I'm going on dates with this guy, I'm taking wounds from an old context and possibly superimposing it on the present and calling it truth. And I think we maybe do that far more often than we intend. And so the way we disrupt that as we say, okay, my automatic thinking is saying one thing, what else might be going on here? Slow things down ask questions, and then tolerate the distress of, what if I don't know what's actually going on here? What if this is new? What if I need to update my way of thinking? What if I need to update my belief system? There's opportunity, but the moment resistance shows up, as soon as we reach into the past and superimpose it on the present, we might be sidestepping reality. We might be taking shortcuts that aren't actually based on our current. And I wanna encourage you, if you're the person that jumps to conclusions or makes assumptions or calls the past present and calls it true, truth, you might want to get with someone to help dismantle it. I know I go to therapy pretty regularly so people can help disrupt my automatic thinking because it's not always accurate. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.